recently, my wife and I decided to start watching a new show called Ted Lasso. And they proposed a question there that made me think the other day, and I'm going to extend it to you. That is, would you rather be a lion or a panda? Hmm, I wonder, are these like two, two teams in Ted Lasso that... You know, you're rooting for the lions or rooting for the pandas. Not at all. Or, or you're, or you're saying just legit animals, lion or panda. Just legitimately, would you rather be a lion or a panda? I would rather be a panda because panda. they sleep for 23 hours a day, and I like to sleep. <laughs> I, I dig your reasoning. For me, it's going to be lion. I got the hair, the mane. You know, leaders of the pack, king of the jungle. Why not? But. This is not an animal podcast. Welcome in to the Ziggy and Steel Show. I am joined on the other hand by my illustrious co-host, Ziggy. How are you doing there, sir? Illustrious? Uh, I don't know if I've ever been uh, described as illustrious before, but I'm doing well. I appreciate that. I, I'm just you. trying to throw new adjectives in every week. Um, you know, I called myself Mr. Low Self-Esteem once, so. Oh, okay. yeah, well, oh, well. Let's, let's boost that confidence a little bit, but I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you. It's a... Beautiful Thursday afternoon. Um, got a fun slate of games to talk about this week. Yes, sir. Yes, and, uh, sir. We're just real excited to get into it. That's right. We're rocking through our weekly preview. We're going to go through the games, talk the over-unders. And as with the speed cab, Ziggy's going to do it as quick as he can. Maybe I'll throw some start-sit questions in there as well. And then after that, we're going to do a little zigs zags. Love it. Love it. I I thought you might. I thought you might. Uh, if you're ready to get this underway, we can kick it off. Oh, and if you well before we start, if you can't, uh, if you can hear that in the background, that's a low humming sound. I have a massage gun going right now on my back because somehow I tweaked it sleeping wrong. So just the joys of you know reaching that that thirty years old where everything hurts now. You're not quite there though. You got a little bit right. I mean. Well, Less than a month now. Hey, man, take that time. You Say you're 29, because you once you're 30, I mean, you, you can't do it right. anymore. Feeling fine. Feeling fine. <laughs> All right. Let's get this preview going. You ready? Yeah. All right. Let's hit it. First up, we got Panthers at the Texans. Uh, Carolina, minus eight and a half. 43 point over under that's tonight um i think the texans are better than the eight and a half points carolina's getting right now uh so i think houston might end up covering here hmm davis mills first start here uh this is why they brought him in and so tyrod table tyrod taylor got the the case of the week twos as he got last year so mills is going to get his first start against a panthers defense that has shown up in uh, both games here to start the season. So uh, you're only starting Brandon Cooks. And on the Panthers' side, uh, you're going to start pretty much everybody. But I would say Houston's defense has hung tight as well in the last uh, last two weeks here to start the season. So don't think it's going to be an 8.5-point uh, Carolina win, but I do think that they handle handle business. What's your confidence with a guy like Brandon Cooks with Davis Mills? Just by volume and who else is he going to throw to? I'm pretty confident. I, I like to hear it. Next up, Chargers at the Chiefs. 
Chargers Chiefs Kansas City is minus a six and a half points. Fifty-four and a half point over under. This game, one of the highest uh, point spreads on the slate here. Let's start with the Chiefs side. It's a lot easier. You're gonna start Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. I'm still waiting to see if there's a number two receiver that emerges, but I'm not counting on it. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire. What do you do? What to do with him? I think if you have other options, uh, let's say like, um, who I really, really, if you have like a Damian Harris as your RB three, I am putting, I'm putting him over, you know, Clyde at this point. If you have other options, Clyde should sit on your bench. I think we're getting to the point already where draft position doesn't matter. What about a guy from an ambiguous backfield, maybe like a Mark Ingram or a Philip Lindsay? <laughs> No, no, okay. I'd take, I'd start Clyde. There's more clarity there. Um, and real quick on the Chargers side, uh, Herbert, Eckler, Keaton Allen, Mike Williams. I think you're starting everybody this game. There's points to be had. Oh, absolutely. Have to start them. Uh, next up, we got the Cardinals at the Jaguars. Arizona's a seven and a half point favorite. Here in Jacksonville, I think they end up covering. Yeah, fifty-one and a half point over under. I think you're starting everybody on the Cardinals side. I'll leave James Conner on the bench, even though it is a soft Jags run defense. But uh, Chase Edmonds, I have a Chase Edmonds, Damian Harris decision to make in the next couple of days, and we'll see how that uh, how that shakes out here. But D Hop, you're gonna start, and Rondo Moore. Definitely a breakout game last week. If you're feeling bold, you can throw him in there too if you're in a pinch. Do you like him over Christian Kirk? I do. I think he manufactures a lot more yards on the touch that he gets. And I know the Cardinals threw all over the place last week. Even A.J. Green ended up in the end zone. But uh, I think Ronald Moore is – he could have just had his Justin Jefferson-type game from last year. Mm where he establishes himself as the number two passing pass catching option for Kyler Murray. I like it. Uh, Jaguars, uh, you're probably firing up Marvin Jones. How do you feel about James Robinson in that backfield? Still a little nervous, but James Robinson is still getting a little, getting a slight edge over Carlos Hyde. So I think that just from youth, I think you're okay with running James Robinson out there, but I think he's kind of in the same uh, same breath as Clyde. If you can find a better option, then maybe I'd go with it. I like it. I like it. Are you firing up anyone else on the Jaguar side? Maybe a Trevor Lawrence in the QB2 slot? No, I don't think so. All right, next up, Washington football team at the Bills. Um, Washington, seven-and-a-half-point dogs on the road here in Buffalo, 46-point over-under. Let's see. We're going to see Terry McLaurin go against Tredavious White, which I'm a little bit nervous about. I know I talked about Terry McLaurin going against the Giants and their cornerbacks last week. It did not matter for him. But Taylor Heineke in his first, uh, I guess his uh, second start of the season yes, here in Buffalo, tough place to play. Um, I think this is going to be a tough game for Terry McLaurin the outside might work Logan Thomas a little bit on the inside. I think that's where Buffalo is a little vulnerable, and they are vulnerable on the ground. So 
we should see a heavy dose of Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick. McKissick. And I am okay starting both. McKissick, more of a flex option, obviously. But Gibson, I wouldn't be shying away uh, based off of what we saw of the first two weeks. Yeah, I I love that. Uh, let's flip sides here and go to the other backfield. Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. Seeing some uh, value in that backfield last week, what are your thoughts there? Hashtag not my backfield. <laughs> Moving on to Josh Allen, who you're definitely going to start, and he's throwing it to Stephon Diggs and Emmanuel Sanders, who has been getting quite a bit of targets here in this offense, much to the dislike of my co-host Steel here. Correct. But Emmanuel Sanders, for the time being, is going to compete with Cole Beasley for that second receiver receiving target job there. Gabe Davis is still going to have to wait a little bit uh, behind the depth chart. But I am starting I would start I would start Emmanuel Sanders in a pinch and Cole Beasley if you're really, really deep. Honestly, I would say Cole Beasley is more of the pinch play. Emmanuel Sanders, I feel very comfortable firing up firing him up just because of his uh workload and target share. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, that he really has just kind of hurt my Gabe Davis share, so pretty upset about that. But we will make it through. Uh, next up, Colts-Titans. Colts, five-point underdogs in Tennessee, 48-point over-under. This game has Slugfest written all over it. Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, fire them both up um, with relative confidence, I'd say. I think both get in the end zone here. Carson Wentz still iffy for this game. Sprained ankles. He's testing both of them out this week. So keep an eye on what happens there. Um, as long as well as Paris Campbell, uh, his injury. I think he might just be out another week. In that case, you can put in Michael Pittman. Saw him uh, get bid on for a lot of money off of waivers just this past waiver period. So I would put in Pittman there uh, against the Tennessee defense that hasn't really shown up to play yet this season so maybe that changes this week but uh on the Tennessee side you're gonna start the normal guys I think you are a little worried about Ryan Tannehill if you have a better streaming option maybe you throw it out there but uh let me ask you Ryan Tannehill or Daniel Jones against Atlanta um well I don't like you for that question so I'm gonna get that out there first Oh wow! I can't believe you're doing this to me right now. I f- I feel like and you, you only have less than a minute. I feel like you got to take Daniel Jones uh, against the Falcons. I ju- I think that's a better matchup than Ryan Tannehill against the Colts. I think Ryan Tannehill is still safe. The team really got back to what they were doing. Thirty one percent of their pass plays were play action last week, which is when they succeed. So I think Ryan Tannehill is getting back to normal. But Daniel Jones, you can't ignore that rushing floor. So we can just jump right over to that Falcons Giants if uh, you're ready. Yeah, Giants three point favorites at home. I don't like that because they are their home is actually New Jersey. If you haven't noticed that or known that, yes. And so the Falcons traveling up the turnpike there. East Rutherford. 47, 47 and a half point over under. Hmm. Yeah, Daniel Jones. I think there will be points in this game. I'm not necessarily sure where it's going to come from on the Giants side because we have Saquon Barkley who had a nice little burst on Thursday night football last week, 
but was relatively ineffective after after that. Sterling Shepard, however, is turning into the number one receiver, at least to start the season. And maybe Kenny Galladay can get you uh, his breakout game, but I wouldn't be starting anybody else outside of Jones, maybe Saquon, and uh, Sterling Shepard on the Giants' side. My bold take for the week is that this is Saquon's bounce back. Take it for what it is. I'm not saying it's guaranteed or anything like that, but my bet right now is that this is a week where Saquon officially returns. Okay. What do you do with uh, Cordell Patterson? He's sitting behind Mike Davis, had a receiving and rushing touchdown last week, has looked good as a running back, you know, using some of that returner skills to see the field and see the holes. Are you throwing him in a flex spot and closing your eyes and hope for 10 points? I think you can just based on his involvement. He's got that uh, a lot of leagues. He's got the wide receiver running back um, flexibility, positional flexibility. So you can go with that. I mean, do you feel more comfortable with him or a guy like Tony Pollard this week? I think I'd be more comfortable with Tony Pollard because there's a clear plan to use Tony Pollard for the whole series. Right. And I don't think we have that clarity yet with uh, Arthur Smith and the Falcons offense. And that's my problem with Cordero Patterson. Uh, his touchdowns this past weekend were receiving touchdowns. They weren't rushing. He he may look good as a running back, but it's week two, and I'd feel safer stashing a guy like Patterson for another week to see if we really see his usage go up and his involvement in this offense. Uh, you know, playing against the Giants, I think that's a good chance for him to really show what he'll be like going throughout the remainder of the season. Nice, thank you. Uh, Bengals at the Steelers. Bengals and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, three-point favorites, 44-point over-under, real AFC North uh, slugfest here. You know it. The Bengals are going to come to play, and Pittsburgh has been looking a little shaky here in the first two games. Obviously lost last week to Las Vegas at home, which would you know you would expect Pittsburgh to come back and you know, beat up on these Bengals, but the Bengals will play them tough. That's why this line is tough to tough to call. But on the Bengals side, I'm starting Burrow, Mixon, and all three receivers. You're going to take a shot on all three if you've got them. I will take a shot on – well, i probably leave Tyler Boyd out of it. Uh, but, I mean, in terms of uh, – Jamar Chase and T. T Higgins, I'm definitely throwing them out here. There's just enough volume, even in, you know, we just saw them against uh, Chicago where they were down and, you know, both Chase and Higgins ended up with touchdowns. So I really do feel like Burrow, when he throws, he throws the ball outside. And those are the two guys that are playing the most outside slot, uh, outside, you know, spending the most time outside that is. Yeah, he's, he seems to like targeting those guys and uh, he's doing a great mm-hmm. job of it. So, um what about the Steelers side? Uh, Big Ben, I'm nervous about, which makes me nervous about the receivers, even in a matchup that you would think it's favorable on paper. Deontay Johnson's still iffy. I would expect him to miss at this point. Uh, so you can fire up Juju and chase Claypool if that's the that's the case. I think with these receiving cores, both the Steelers and the Bengals, if one misses, you are pretty confident starting the other two. And Najee Harris, you might see more production out of him 
later in the season. Right now, it's still a little bit rough, and the Bengals do have a decent run defense on their eyes. So, uh, temper expectations for Najee. Yeah, uh, and I didn't see if uh, any practice reports have updated on Deontay Johnson for Thursday. So, it's something to definitely keep your eye on. Uh, Saints-Patriots. Saints-Patriots. I Well, Jameis bounced back. He did not have a good game last week, clearly, against the Panthers. And so now you got to go to New England and face that Patriots defense who's starting to round into form again. They have a very clear plan, the Patriots, they do on offense on how to attack teams, and that's just keep the ball out of Mac Jones's hands unless they have to move the chains. So Damian Harris, uh, nursing a finger ish, injury, shouldn't be that serious. He is in your lineup against the Saints run defense that I believe they haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher in like three seasons. So temper expectations you hope Harris falls into the end zone you know 60 yards and a touchdown is you know probably right on par with what you can you can really hope for against the Saints front but uh, you're not starting a Patriots receiver and if you can pivot away from Mr. you know four catches each and Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry then pivot (laughs) no interest there huh no, no. I actually had to make a trade to upgrade my tight end position this week because I was a little nervous about uh, Janu throughout the season here in being a every week starter. So I needed a little, I needed some options, and so I had to make a make a move there. Yeah, but uh, yeah, real quick on the Saints side again. I think you can find other streaming options other than Jameis this week, especially against his Patriots defense. Yep. Alvin Kamara did have a dud. I would expect him to bounce back and at least uh, you know get through. You're not really going to sit him anyways. And I'm leaving all the pass catchers on the bench. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not touching the Saints receiving core um, at all. Um, mm-hmm. Not my. Not my receivers. Mm-mm. Ravens Lions. Baltimore seven and a half point favorites, fifty point over under. Lions have played tough first two games, but they just don't have the horses to run with the Ravens. Literally run with the Ravens. The Ravens are gonna run the ball so much, just like how the Niners did in week one, how the Packers did with Aaron Jones in week two. Who Tyson Williams, have yourself a day. Congratulations for for Tyson Williams owners out there this week. Latavius Murray scored in both games this season. He can make that three in a row. So you'd see that. Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, Hollywood Brown scoring a lot of touchdowns starting from last year yep. too. So the end of the end of last year. So he's in your lineup. And on the Lions side, you are playing TJ Hawkinson because of volume, and you are going to close your eyes on Devontae Smith, and I'm probably going to leave Jamal Williams on the bench. Devontae Smith? Devontae, ooh, DeAndre Swift. <laughs> I got so confused. I thought I was, uh, I thought I passed out. Sorry, I was, games. I, was looking down the, <laughs> I was looking down the slate a little bit. I was looking down the sky. Hey, no worries, no worries. Um, no, I like it. The Lions, they did look pretty good against the Packers early in that game. Obviously, they had... Uh, points in the first half kind of got shut out in the second so um are you streaming jared goff 
No. Okay. I just had to ask it. Uh, Jets at the Broncos. Did you have to ask it? But- yeah, of course I did. Okay. <laughs> this is not for Jets. me. <laughs> Jets, 10-point dogs in Denver. I think Denver covers this. The Jets still don't impress me enough on offense and to move the ball at a consistent rate, especially against this Broncos team that has been playing really well uh, under Vic Fangio there. So I am not starting any Jets. Not even a guy like Corey Davis. Yeah, not even a guy like Corey Davis. If I can go somewhere else, which, you know, you probably drafted Corey Davis as your fourth receiver, I would start the other three or maybe even put a third running back in your flex. Besides, uh, leave Corey Davis on the bench. I think that's uh, a bold call, but something that's, Needs to be done, I think, in this matchup at least. Um, and on the Broncos side, I think you are starting. You're starting Melvin Gordon because he's just running at an incredible rate right yeah. now. So, you know, props to him. And Javante Williams still a complimentary back. The Jets are not a team that you can really run on, like you know Jacksonville or Tennessee or anyone like that. So uh, I I would leave Williams on the bench. And, uh, you know, Tim Patrick, Noah Fant, Cortland Sutton. I think those are your kind of guys that you're going to start if you need to uh, as fur pass catchers. No. And probably Teddy Bridgewater. You can stream him too. That's what, that was going to be my next question. Uh, just go to the quarterback again. No, I'd like it. I think uh, Broncos, yeah, they're going to walk away with this. And uh, I think Zach Wilson's going to struggle for another game. I'm not panicking on the young QB, though. He's going to face. Bill Belichick and then Vic Fangio, not good for a start to his rookie career, but I, I still have faith in the kid. So, uh, Dolphins at the Raiders. Las Vegas, four and a half point favorites here. The Dolphins are rolling with the brisket this week, so you cannot stream him because you don't know what that's going to look like. Miles Gaskin is probably the only running back you can start, and even in this case, he has. He's in. He's the clear alpha in a three-headed backfield, and it's just going to increasingly get ugly unless someone really takes control or an injury happens. Um, and then I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave the receivers on the bench. I think Will Fuller is still iffy to come back from his injury. Um, yeah, you don't know what you're going to get from Brissett, so I'm, I would leave everyone on the bench there including Mike Kosicki, who's had an absolute terrible start to the season here. And on the Raiders' side, I mean, Derek Carr leading the league in passing, I believe. And so passing yards, that is. So you're firing up Derek Carr. If Josh Jacobs plays, you are going to play him. If he doesn't play, you can definitely play Kenyon Drake. I don't like how Peyton Barber – you know, eight into some of those carries, but again, it was Pittsburgh last week, so you can give them a little bit of a pass. And with the pass catchers, if he's not Darren Waller, then you're probably not doing anything, especially against this Dolphins secondary, where that's probably their strength with Xavier Howard and Byron Jones against these young uh, rookie receivers. They think they're going to work the middle field and try to get Waller at least 10, 12, 13 targets average. 
that man is going to eat. He actually might be the guy to replace Travis Kelsey as the tight end one this season. Um, quick thing, Will Fuller is practicing fully on Thursday, so mm-hmm. I think he is going to play. Just uh, like you said, you don't know what you're going to get from him. And then you called Jacoby Brissett brisket, and it just reminded me to tell all the people out there, always cook your brisket fat side up so it bastes itself. Oh, that's a really, really good tip from Chef Steel. Yeah, it's uh, soon to be not a chef, but uh, mm. you know, another time. Hashtag not my chef. <laughs> Hashtag not my chef. Uh, where are we here? Next up, Bucks Rams, a great game. Tampa one and a half point favorites on the road. I think the Rams cover this game. Uh, they might end up winning here. Uh, Fifty-five point over under. So Vegas thinks that. There's going to be points in this game. Let's start with the Bucks here. You're playing Tom Brady because of his name, and I am not starting a running back. No. I've seen Ronald Jones get dropped in the league, which I'm not surprised. He's in the full-on dark house. Leonard Fournette has been uninspiring, still effective enough, but they're going to have to figure out that running situation down the stretch here. And at receiver, let's see, Antonio Brown had did not have a, a good game One last for 17. Week. So he could be in line for a decent game. Uh, you would expect Mike Evans to see Jalen Ramsey, which is why Mike Evans kind of got his numbers last week. So that bodes for Chris Godwin to really put up a couple touchdowns here. And I can almost see him being the focal point of this uh Tampa Bay offense. It's it's hard to it's hard to judge because obviously Gronkowski's there too where he's a 3 for 30 and two touchdowns pretty much the last three games he's played. So I you know, it's a merry-go-round, but you you would think that Tom understands that everyone needs to eat in his offense to keep everyone happy and maybe he preemptively fed Mike Evans just just so um, they can go away from him this week against Ramsey. So Evans, I would, I would consider sitting. I know it's a tough call, but definitely, uh, if you took the name out of it and saw who he's going against and Jalen Ramsey, I would, uh, I would consider sitting him there. I just think it's a hard decision to sit any of the Bucks receivers, no matter the defense, because if you think he's going to struggle against Ramsey, I mean, who's not to say that Tom Brady's going to struggle with Aaron Donald coming at his face every play. Very true. Good point. Good point. I just think, uh, yeah, it's hard. It's a merry-go-round with Tampa's offense. Yeah. That's, that's what it, that's what it comes out. Exactly. To. And that's part of the reason I stayed away from some Bucks receivers, but I think you just kind of got to take your shot because on the other side of the ball, I think it's, it could be the same story as far as a merry-go-round of receivers. And that's the Rams. Yeah, these Rams. Um, I'm going to start Stafford and Henderson, who's been playing well to start the season here. Isn't he hurt? He is hurt. He is hurt. So I don't think I am playing Sony Michelle if that is the case, if he can't go. So I think this Bucks front, front line, front seven is pretty good. So um, unless if it's Henderson, you can you can throw him in there. If it's not, I wouldn't rush to pick up Sony Michelle to be the starter for this uh, for your team. And as receivers, I don't think you're benching uh, Cooper Cup or Robert Woods. They're both seeing all the target share, and Tyler Higby is in the midst of his breakout season as well. 
Oh, yeah, I'm all in on Tyler Higby. And I'm just saying it because you didn't. I'm stashing Sony Michelle if he's available. If he's out there anywhere, I have a feeling it'll take him uh, just a little bit of time. But I could see him leading this backfield um, as the season goes on. Um, Interesting. Keep that in your back pocket, I guess. Uh, because if they're not sold on Henderson being the, the workhorse, then, yeah, Michelle can come in and run behind that line. I just don't know how much juice he has really in the tank after New England, but we'll see. Right, and this is this is strictly just a, if you've got the space and you want to take a chance, like he's one of those guys you should stash. So um, in no way am I guaranteeing this guy's an RB1 by end of season, but it's a nice idea to stash him because that backfield is uh, – a running back in that backfield is valuable. Let's jump to the next game, Packers, Niners, and this will close it out. San Fran, minus three at home, 50.5 point over under. We'll start with the with the home team here. Jimmy Garoppolo, you can find other streaming options. Uh, their running back situation is still very, very dicey. So we can be looking at Elijah Mitchell. Uh, looks like Jermichael Hastie's already on the shelf. Uh Trey Sermon still working to get through the concussion protocol before. So I would probably stay away right now unless we have some kind of clarity uh, from the Niners back here. I did get an alert today, from, uh, and this is from Kyle Shanahan. Sermon is on a good path to play Sunday. I got super close to my mic there. And I'm sorry for the listeners. Yeah, that's, that's okay. That's okay. So on track to play. We'll see what that looks like. He only had one carry last last week and fumbled and got a concussion on that same play. So yep. not great. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens against this Packers team that they're probably going to need to their success against the Packers over the years has been running the ball. So maybe they'll look at doing that. But you're going to start George Kittle and Debo Samuel, even though Debo has a tough matchup against Jair. Um, I think that Debo moves around enough in the formation that Jair won't follow him for every play. And on the other side, they have uh, Packers rookie cornerback Stokes. I can't think of his first name. And Kevin King, who we all, you know, know and love, I guess you can say. So I think <laughs> I you don't love uh, him. <laughs> so, so I think you can start, you can start Debo, George Kittle. I'd still leave Brandon Ayuk on the bench until he proves that. He is not running with the fourth string uh, offense in practice. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not taking any kind of chance on Ayuk, even if I'm at the end of desperation. I'm finding another option for this weekend. Quickly on the Packers: uh, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, Robert Tunyon. Yeah, basically. AJ Dillon hasn't looked good this year, so you're you're staying away from him. I, he might even be a droppable guy at this point. Yeah, he's he's getting there. He's taking up uh, room on one of my rosters, so mm. uh, it's it's a it's, uh, it's a it's a thought. We'll see. It's a thought. Um, all right, that does it. I almost called it speed cap. Our weekly preview in the books. Now, let's move on to your zags. Which my zags? Your zags. And I swear, like, these these are not homer picks. It just so happens that there's something very interesting to talk about with the Bears every week. And so Bears-Browns is where I'll start off with. Cleveland minus 7, 
over under. Let's not bury the lead, though. Justin Fields named QB1 this week. If he looks good, Andy Dalton won't see the field again. Correct. And it's a tough situation. I thought that they would kind of wait until week four, five, six here and play a little softer of a schedule. But, you know, Dalton obviously got injured, so Fields is thrust into his first start against this Browns defense that is talented but not has not uh, played up to their potential in the first couple weeks here. So, who on the Bears side, you're not going to start Fields, but he better be on everyone's benches. Uh, if he is not 100% owned, then he really needs to be because if he has, if he shows you something with his legs, which we saw, what, 10 carries last week, but uh, three were kneel downs, so really seven, seven rushes, which is like four design runs and I think three scrambles. So... That baseline, that rushing baseline is going to get you there. Allen Robinson did drop a touchdown, too. And that Fields' hurt. line would have looked a lot better yep. than that. So Fields needs to be on your bench, um, possibly starting in the next few weeks against some uh, softer opponents there. And then David Montgomery has looked better every time he has carried the ball. And you are going to start Allen Robinson and Darnell Booney. Oh yeah. Because Cleveland can have can be had deep number one. And number two, Darnell Mooney is the clear number two and he's getting a lot of targets and running a lot of routes. So I, I think that he is definitely going to be uh he's definitely flex worthy. Allen Robinson's gonna be your uh, wide receiver too. Oh. Alright. Yeah. On uh the Cleveland side Baker, do we have any updates on him? I'll uh, I'll get you that if you want to talk for a moment. Um, Nick Chubb, Cream Hunt, tough mashup against the Bears defense. Their run defense has been a little uh, inconsistent. The Bears has, I'd say, but uh, I would think that they will come to play in this game. They're all going to be playing for Justin, so you're going to have some tough sledding with Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt, but you. Uh, you are starting Chubb, no doubt, and uh, like I said, Hunts. You might catch you. You want to hold for at least three or four catches out the backfield, and that can give you a nice little fancy floor, especially in PPR formats. Yep. Uh, uh, Baker Mayfield, full participant in practice, by the way, and uh, Odell Beckham making his return this weekend. Yeah, just in time for Jarvis Landry to go on IR, so Odell Beckham is going to be the number one receiver, and for those that have Odell Beckham on their team, it's going to be hard to do, but he should be in your lineups this week. I know you haven't seen him, but this Bears secondary has not shown me a lot through the first couple games. Who you tell um, Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson has shown promise as for, you know, as a second-year corner, but he's really the only one that's coming to play right now for this Bears secondary. So... I'm throwing in I'm throwing in Odell Beckham knowing that he is going to be the number one receiver and you know the guys like Donovan Peoples Jones and you know Schwartz and you know Higgins, Rashad Higgins, none of them has really separated themselves and from the pack. So Odell should go in right as the number one and I'll leave the tight ends on the bench on both sides. I'm going to wait on Cole Komet as well. So, 
I think his time is coming. Um, this is going to be an interesting weekend, though, for the Bears. I think it's going to be super telling for uh, just the rest of their season as a whole and what Matt Nagy is going to do now that he has a quarterback like Justin Fields. You know, this was the talk after the draft was that they got his guy, the guy he wanted. And is it going to game plan for Justin Fields to be in the game? Obviously, last week we have to take it with a little grain of salt because he was kind of thrust into that position and having to start. The Bears were up, so at that point I think they were really just trying to protect their lead. Uh, if you listened on Monday, you heard my thoughts on the day which were not positive but i'm looking forward to this weekend it's going to be a tough matchup for justin Fields, so hopefully he comes ready to play and uh show chicago why he's qb1 yeah excited to watch that game um not just for the fantasy implications but just seeing justin fields get his first start i think they i think they cover the bears do seven points is a lot um i don't think they pull this game off, but again, I, I think they play them tough, and you'll see a lot of promise from, from your young quarterback there. Well, I hope that that ends up being the case, because I'm ready for that. <sighs> Second zag. Second zag. Seahawks-Vikings. Seahawks, one-and-a-half point favorites on the road. In Minnesota, where their defense is still bad, Kirk Cousins is still chucking it, and Justin Jefferson's Adam Adam Thielen are still catching them. KJ Osborne, we were telling y'all about him. He is running a lot of routes, I believe, in PPR right now. He's the wide receiver eighteen. He is a top ten, top twenty wide receiver right now. So. KJ Osborne, I tried putting a bid on him, missed out just narrowly uh, during waivers here. But you are going to start, again, the normal guys, Cook, Jefferson, and Thielen. And you can probably stream Kirk Cousins this week against the Seattle Seahawks uh, team that has uh, given up some air yards, I guess you can say. And so... You can you can start Kirk Cousins in a pinch, but I do like guys like Teddy Bridgewater a little bit better. If you can find uh, other options around, you can do that. Um, quickly on the Seahawks side, you know, Russ, Chris Carson, DK, Tyler Lockett. It's very, very simple. Some, some, of, these, uh, some of these games and some of these teams, you know, in the beginning of the season, it's really just straightforward. Just start your guys and see where you're at you know, six, seven weeks in and then reassess at that point, you know? Yeah, I I totally agree. You know, I've had people talking to me trying to say like, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? And I kind of give them the same thing you give me. Don't get cute. Just just don't get cute yet because we don't have enough information to go off of that. People are trying to make trades and even still, it's a hard thing to do. People who were playing based off matchup last week, they may have looked at the 49ers and saw they were the 32nd ranked run defense. Well, that's something we mm-hmm. knew not to be true. So we're early in the season here, and yeah, you just got to roll with your guys here. And with the Seahawks, you know who they are. And with the Vikings, I think you know who they are too. Very, very, very true. So, um, yeah, that, that's going to be a fun game, though. Again, 55 points is the highest over-under in the week, so there's going to be a lot of points around in that game. 
Um, I like, like I said, I like everyone, and yeah, just start your guides there. That's just a fun one to to kind of put on this put on the slate there as a zag. Oh, absolutely. That, let's talk about that one and a half though. Seahawks favored by one and a half. You uh, mm-hmm. you think the Vikings will cover? I don't. I think the Seahawks win this game. One and a half is a really good line yeah. for any you know entertainment purposes only. Any betters out there? I would take Seattle over just because you know if it's a if it hits a two, then you got it. It's not just a push. So um, one and a half is a good line. I think Seahawks win this game. And I think the I don't know if they reach fifty five points, but they're going to come close. I I think it goes over. Okay. Now, last but not least. Oh man. The Monday night game fitting. Um, Eagles traveling to Dallas. Dallas three and a half points favorites. Fifty two and a half point over under. On the Cowboys side, you're starting Dak. Hmm. You're starting both running backs, Zeke and Tony Pollard. I had to think about that for a second because <laughs> Eagles run defense did a lot to slow down the Niners last week. But, again, there were a lot of injuries that happened uh, to those Niners backs in week two. Uh, and then in week one, the Eagles struggled the first few series uh, against Atlanta to stop Mike Davis and Cordell Patterson until that game got out of reach and the Falcons were forced to throw. So, I would start Pollard. I would start Zeke. They both scored touchdowns last week. You nice can rhyme. expect at least one. Of... Oh, thanks, dude. <laughs> you could, you can, uh, you could expect to, you can expect at least one of them to score on the ground or through the air this week. And you're starting Ceedee Lamb and Amari Cooper. I haven't followed up on Amari Cooper's injury. I did see him down on the turf during their game-winning drive last week against the Chargers, so I'm not sure what the injury was or what his status is, but he is definitely in lineups uh, this week uh, against a uh, Eagles secondary that can be had but has been playing well over the first two weeks. Uh, the Just an update on Amari Cooper. Uh, Mike McCarthy said he was a limited participant this Thursday, so I'd imagine he plays, but for mm-hmm. sure keep your eye on that. Yeah, if he's limited today, uh, they have probably another padded practice tomorrow and a walkthrough Saturday before Monday's game. So watch the practice reports. You'll know more about Amari Cooper on Saturday. Hopefully he's just not a true game time decision because then you're going to have to pivot. And if you pivot, you should pivot to a guy like Jalen Rager. Um, Jalen Rager on the Eagles side is the number two receiver first round pick last year. I believe Devontae Smith is going to be shadowed by Trayvon Diggs, who is becoming a really nice corner for the Cowboys in his third season here. So I think Smith is going to get the Diggs, Diggs shadow treatment that's going to leave place to be made for Rager. And Jalen Hurts, um, just like the past chart that you didn't like to see that was sent, sent around from Matt Nagy after week one, there was one similarly for the Eagles last year where Jalen Hurts' throws all went outside the numbers. And they need to work the middle of the field a lot more and work those tight ends. But I do think if Jalen Hurts' tendencies still hold true, he will be throwing the ball outside the numbers. And Jalen Rager, 
who had a touchdown, you know, rightfully taken away from him last week. Otherwise, we'd be talking about Jalen Rager, you know, trying to score for the third straight week. I think he does have opportunities here to get behind the Dallas defense and make some big plays with Smith being uh, all the attention going towards him. Listen, listen. I like what you're saying. I'm glad you know you want Jalen Rager to do well, but I'm going to need you to shift all that over to Devonta Smith because your boy's got a <laughs> lot of shares, and I'm not I, I'm not worried about J, uh, Devonta Smith at all. But you talking up Jalen Rager just does, it's it's not it's not helping my heart at all. I know, man. <laughs> I know, and that's what that's what fantasy comes down to is trust your gut. I'm just telling you what. You know, oh my God, dude! You've got so I'm many bars it. today. You gotta trust your gut. I'm telling you what. Oh, Ziggy got oh, bars. Oh no, I didn't even. I didn't even catch that. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> no, but I, I'm not worried about Devontae Smith. I just think to uh, temper your expectations, you might get something in between what he had from week one and week two. I'm gonna uh, set a line: quick, 80 yards receiving, no touchdown. Does he go over or under? I think he goes under. Mm. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry to hurt your heart there. It's a standard scoring league, so even seven points is, like, nice. Right, right. No, I – yeah, I get that. It's stupid that I actually have to say that, but it's true. It's it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, Again, I think they move Smith around enough. Uh, Nick Sirianni's got to do a better job in getting the playmakers the ball, and Jalen has Jalen Hurts that is has to do a better job of uh, trusting his receivers being in the right place at the right time. Because I think he's just kind of a risk averse guy and doesn't want to throw in the middle as much as probably the play designs are meant for because of uh, one his height and two just his trust in the timing of the offense still. So. Something to keep an eye on. Obviously, it hurts QB1 starting him. Miles Sanders, I'm starting him too. Uh, and Kenny Gainwell. Low end still flex. Still off me. on him. Low end flex for Low me. Low end flex. Yeah, if, if you yeah. really need him, you can put him in, but you're not feeling safe about it. Yeah, definitely agree. He is getting all the passing work. Boston Scott has been nowhere to be seen, yeah. which is. A little ironic because Boston Scott is our best goal line back, if you can believe that. Um, over the last few years, he's very uh, he's he has a nose for the holes and how to get low. He's already what five six, so he'd already kind of get low and get under those linemen and really get into the end zone. So maybe they need to start bringing him or Jordan Howard kind of back into this running back rotation if they're not going to hand it off to Miles Sanders at the goal line. So it's because Kenny Gamewell. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say Kenny Gainwell's a good pass catcher and he's gonna be involved. I was gonna uh your goal line back should be Jalen Hurts. <laughs> he's huge. <laughs> yeah, the guy the guy's yeah, the guy squats six hundred pounds. Like just let him sneak one in. Oh, I squatted six hundred pounds once. Oh, there you go. Nah, I didn't. I was gonna say. All right. I was gonna say, do tell. <laughs> do tell. Yeah, that's why my knees are terrible. All right, that has been Zigzags, and earlier you heard our weekly preview, and this is your Thursday reminder to get those Thursday night football players out of your flex position. I know I goofed that up last week. Make sure they're in your wide receiver or running back spot. Uh, You're probably going to listen to this on Thursday, but in case you hear it beforehand, that's your reminder.
So you're welcome. Yes, yes, very, very true. Keep them out of your flex spots so you have some uh, some flexibility mm. going into the weekend. There's another bar. For Spoke, but... Spoken like a true wordsmith. <laughs> All, All right. right. So as usual, we're going to wrap up our last episode of the week with a little segment we like to call Cheers to You. And uh, I'm going to let you kick this one off, sir. Yeah, so my cheers is to a man very near and dear to my heart. He was drafted in the first round in 2010 and he has he was he was criticized for being drafted ahead of Earl Thomas and that's Brandon Graham. But he started off his career slow, but since really 2013 he had come on as a good player for the Eagles, just been solid. Never had double-digit sacks in a season, but he has a total in 11 years now, 416 tackles um, and 416 tackles. And, oh, wow, I lost my fumble stat. That is crazy. You're my sack stats. But 19 forced fumbles, we can say that. I don't know where my stats went, but my point is Brandon Graham ruptured his Achilles on the field against the Niners last Sad week. Day. His Really his first injury for him to miss games. He hasn't missed a game since 2012 until this injury. Um, and... You know, we might have seen the last of Brandon Graham, and he is someone that's credited for having the greatest play in Eagles history um, in the Super Bowl, where he strip sacked Tom Brady to force the only turnover in the game, in a game that there were no punts. So it was a very, very significant time. Happened about four minutes left in the game, and Brandon Graham has lived in Super Bowl infamy. <laughs> ever since then and so uh cheers to you brandon graham there's a long long-winded saying cheers to you brandon graham and your recovery if you want to come back for 2022 uh, i would love to have you back on this team i'm sure the whole eagles organization and eagles fan base would too but if this truly is it for you like thank you for everything i didn't think it was going to end like this end so soon but cheers to you brandon graham I love you <laughs> as a fan. <laughs> Thank you for bringing in. Thank you for bringing in the Super Bowl for us. Um, and uh, get well soon. You know it's crazy because I sat next to you during that entire Super Bowl, so the, it it was quite a sight to see. The man's did not speak for I shit you not like three hours until the game had <laughs> ended. So um, yeah, sad sad stuff to hear. But cheers to you, Brandon Graham. Uh, for me, really fast, uh, going to cheers to Bill Murray. Bill Murray, musical artist spelled B-I-L-M-U-R-I because uh, people get him confused with the actor. He's got an album coming out on Monday, uh, probably his eighth or ninth project. The guy hits puts bangers out all the time. If you haven't listened to him, go listen. And that's going to do it. You scared me. I thought Bill Murray died. No, like no, no, Bill no. Murray. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm that sorry. Was, that worried me. Oh. So thank you for the spelling. I think that really helped. Uh, you know, 
it's the problem with his name. And I'm going to tell everyone real quick in case they go look this guy up. He might be taken. He's not taken seriously because his song titles are all in caps and in one word. It's kind of a callback to seeing an emo culture uh, back in the day. But um, his music is great. Fantastic artist. New album due out on Monday. It is called 400 Pound Back Squat. Uh, check out other works such as Rich Sips and Wet Milk uh, and Eggy Pocket. And I'm going to stop plugging Bill Murray because that does it for today. That's the Ziggy and Steel Show. Do you have anything you want to tell the folks before we get out of here? Yeah, my body feels like a 400-pound back squat right now <laughs> but because of this uh, back tweak right now. But I will tell the people that I've been getting a lot of questions on the fantasy football season and football in general, please keep them coming in because we are going to do a mailbag episode pretty soon here as we get a good uh, good amount of questions coming in and you know saved for the season. So keep them coming in for everyone listening. We're compiling them, and we are going to have a mailbag episode in the next couple of weeks for you guys. Yeah, definitely uh, get those questions out, and we'll put some together nice for you guys. Put a third episode out for the week and uh, give you some extra content. Don't forget to go and listen to Ziggy's Soccer 101 podcast because he did an absolute amazing job with it. Uh, watching Ted Lasso right now, I'm understanding so much more. Uh, all, they're talking about relegation right now, so it's just very, very uh, cool to know what they're talking about. And it's a great show, But and, and I mean the podcast is a great show. Ted Lasso is pretty good too, though. Um, so definitely go check that out. Ziggy killed it there. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for today, though. We're out of here. Peace. Strong side.